0: Hello again, and welcome back to Lucha of the Hidden Temple. My name is Dr. Nov, Chris Novembrino. if you're nasty, and this is your VoicesOfWrestling.com Lucha Underground review for the week of July twenty second, 2015. And before we begin, I'd like to plug real quickly. Over on DontWorry.tv, we have talked about Donald Trump rather extensively in the last several weeks, but this next episode, which will be coming out this week as you hear this, we will be talking about Hulk Hogan. So, if you're interested in my opinions on Hulk Hogan or anything relating to Gawker, please go over to don'tworry.tv and give Don't Worry About the Government a listen. Now, this episode begins in Dario Cueto's office and he is meeting with Big Rick. Dario says that they haven't been seeing eye to eye, which is the first of many eye related puns in this segment. And Dario says that he signed Big Rick to a big money contract and that he had big plans for Big Rick. Big Rick said, had. And Dario says that Big Rick has been blinded by Davari's money in a mid-card feud. Well, no, he just says that he was blinded by Davari's money. And then Dario shows Rick a medallion and says that he's going to reveal the power of these medallions and asks Rick what matters more to him, money or power. Rick takes the medallion and says, why choose when I can have both? And then he sticks his hand out, and then Dario gives him money on top of the medallion. So Dario's not even making him make a choice here. Come on now. It seems like Big Rick is the ringer in this, but I don't know if they're even going to get that story fully fleshed out. I will say that for the amount of time they developed into this story, they did as much as you possibly could. But that's a pretty backhanded compliment. This segment ends with the same eye pun that it begins with when Big Rick says, I'm glad we finally see eye to eye, and then the episode begins. Commentary is teasing Prince Puma talking for the first time ever tonight, which I thought was going to happen last week, but apparently didn't happen, and it's not going to happen tonight. Spoiler alert. And then we get Johnny Mundo versus Tejano, a match that would be exciting, except that we're only a couple of weeks away from Ultima Lucha, so you know there's going to be no wait in this, and you're just waiting for the angle. Don't worry, it's going to come. Mundo begins this match hiding in the ropes in the corner, and then he takes advantage of Tejano's leg. This doesn't actually go anywhere, but I thought it was going to, and it was a nice way to start off the match. Tejano gets a dropkick and gains control from Johnny. Johnny hides in the ropes some more, and then eventually he rakes Tejano in the eyes with a long, old-fashioned eye gouge. Tejano catches Johnny with a quick short super kick and then Johnny ducks under the ropes and drapes Tejano and delivers probably the best move of this match which was a draping modified neck breaker to the outside this looked really good. Johnny keeps Tejano outside of the ring and delivers a kick that sandwiches Tejano against the guardrail. That also looked really good. And Johnny places Tejano in a rear chin lock. This also looked really good. No, it's a rear chin lock. Come on now. And then Tejano regains momentum, chopping Mundo and delivering a big monkey flip where Mundo goes the extra rotation on. Tejano delivers a leg lariat for two count. Mundo crotches Tejano on the ropes and delivers a springboard kick to the head of Tejano. That also looked good, you know, I will say that. Tejano reverses the moonlight drive. Johnny reverses Tejano's sit-out powerbomb attempt into a Russian leg sweep. Tejano's able to avoid the fin del Mundo, and it looks like he's going to get his sit-out powerbomb that he uses to finish off matches when the crew shows up and then attacks Tejano. Mundo joins into this attack, and then Alberto El Patron comes down to make the save. Tejano and Alberto stand strong, but stare each other down, not forgetting that they have beef, which is a nice little piece of continuity that I really appreciate going into this. These guys still shouldn't like each other, but they're both on the babyface side of the column, and there is this whole, the enemy of my enemy is my friend element to this, and I appreciate that Lucha Underground paid attention to that detail. Next, we have Hernandez meeting with Dario Cueto, and he's talking to Dario, and Dario says that Hernandez is not a fan of art. Hernandez agrees with this, passes on some high-dollar liquor, and, in a bit of product placement, accepts a Coors Light. Cueto says that Ultimo Lucha starts next week, and it will be Hernandez versus Drago. Hernandez is like, what? It's going to be like a strap match or something? And then Dario says, no. The believers, the fans, they kind of hate you. And Hernandez says the feeling is mutual. Okay, that's fine. Cueto says that he's going to surround the ring with fans who have leather belts to whip Hernandez. I'm going to repeat that because it bears repeating. Dario Cueto says that he's going to surround the ring with fans who have leather belts to whip Hernandez and that all the waivers have been signed. And... This is just going to go down. I have no idea what to make of this match. This seems like a ridiculous concept. I have to assume the fans are plants, right? You can't just have random people just whipping the shit out of Hernandez and Drago, right? Right? Hernandez promises blood when one of these fans hits him, and then Dario Cueto and Hernandez clink glasses to this notion. The Mac is in the ring and he's getting set for his match against Cage. Vampiro on commentary tells us why he likes the Mac. And it's because the Mac reminds Vampiro of a jumbly bumblebee that he wants to hug. Who the hell wants to hug bumblebees? The answer is obvious. Vampiro. Cage, on the other hand, he looks like a bumblebee squisher. This match begins with Cage gaining early control with big elbows and a clothesline out of the corner when all of a sudden, the Mac is able to win on a sunset flip for the quick three count. Cage is upset that he just lost the Mac in no time at all and that he was at one point a contender for the championship and now has been moved into mid-card oblivion. Well, at least one of those two reasons. And he begins beating up the Mac, but the Mac is able to gain traction on the outside and a security team comes out to break up the brawl. However, they're unable to contain the two wrestlers, as is so often the case with security teams, and Vampiro thinks that this is sweet, and he's always wanted to see somebody whoop security's ass, because Vampiro has no sense of solidarity for his non-wrestling brethren on this show. Come on now, Vampiro. Dario Cueto comes out and says that Cage and Mac are going to have a grab-whatever-the-fuck-you-can-and-hit-each-other-with-it match and it's going to be False Count Anywhere next week when Ultima Lucha starts. So we've changed the schedule up a little bit because this card is so big and it makes some sense. I just thought we were going to get one more episode of Build and then we were going to have a two hour special. It appears that there's only going to be two more hours or maybe Ultima lucha is three hours but it's my understanding it's two hours i'm sure one of you has already corrected me yelling into the void and someone's confused why you just yelled out no it's two hours you're you're an idiot After a brief commercial break, Dario Cueto is standing in the ring and he unveils a belt which looks pretty cool, and this is the Gift of the Gods belt, which is the Consolidated Medallions title, and having consolidated all the medallions, the holder of this belt is guaranteed a match for the Lucha Underground top title whenever the holder wants, but taking a little swipe at the WWE's structural flaw with their money in the bank briefcase. The fact that you have this briefcase and the cash-in should be a pretty fucking big deal, but it also has to be secret so you can't ever promote it. So there's a certain level of weight that's always missing from the money in the bank briefcase. And then what WWE tries to do to compensate for that is have Seth Rollins come out, for example, or Randy Orton. This is another good example. And they just come out and they hold the briefcase all the time, but it seems stupid that they're holding up the briefcase all the time because the whole idea is that they're supposed to be this element of a surprise. However, the promoter also wants to have this ability to promote the money in the bank briefcase. So, Diarco is doing away with all of this, and now Chris Joseph and the writing team have gotten their little swipe at WWE and says that instead of that stupid cash-in model, there will be a one-week notice for the promoter and presumably, but not explicitly, the champion. I assume that Dario will reserve the right to put the champion on notice, or we'll have something like, we know it's coming, but the champion may not know it's coming. A little bit of that dramatic irony, and we get a little bit more of that, and that rule that I mentioned in prior episodes followed up with a little bit more explicitly with Big Rick later on. I expect that to come into play in our season two, which in case you were wondering, I think will happen, but perhaps not on the schedule that Lucha Underground had planned. As you've heard, Ricochet and others have been told to take some bookings maybe in September, and that's obviously not a good sign for Lucha Underground's television schedule. But all I'm saying is if NWA can get an access deal, I feel like Lucha Underground will land on their feet somewhere where that somewhere is, and when that sometime occurs, that remains to be seen. Now let's get back to the Gift of the Gods. Dario Cueto says that if you wait too long to defend this Gift of the Gods title, you will have to defend the title, and you can lose the title, and thus your opportunity to win the Lucha Underground title. After the title gets cashed in... For a Lucha Underground Championship shot, all of the medallions, I assume, will be strewn out again, and they will have to be reassembled in order to win the title again and procure a title shot at the Lucha Underground belt, and the cycle begins anew. Striker and Vampiro hail this as genius. I don't know that I'd call it genius. I would say nifty and ever so slightly confusing and a little bit perplexing considering the fact that we don't know when the second season is going to be taped. Anyways, the participants in this match, they are Jack Evans, Arrow Star, King Cuerno, Bengala, Sexy Star, Big Rick, and Phoenix? No. Dario Cueto says that Phoenix has been destroyed, and now we're going to have a battle royal for the medallion that Phoenix once held. But wait. Phoenix. He's not... Quite dead, and as such, Dario Queto gives Phoenix a chance to enter into the battle royal for his medallion. And it's going to be Phoenix versus Vinny Massaro, Famous B, Arhenis, Ricky Manziel, Davari, Killshot, Masquerita, and Mari the Moth. A real who's left of the roster here. And this match is nothing remarkable at all, I guess. The biggest part of this match was that Famous B got a few spotlight spots in this match. He delivers the DX special, a Shawn Michaels super kick, a Triple H pedigree complete with a DX sucket, And then, for good measure, and in an odd bit of irony considering the week that has happened in the news, Famous B delivers a Hulk Hogan leg drop. Ricky gets eliminated, Arhenes gets eliminated, Killshot pummels Vinny Massaro, kicks Daivari, and DDT's famous B. Killshot tries to go up top. I don't know why you would ever do that in the context of a battle royal. And for his troubles, Davari eliminates him. Vinny Massaro's moment of glory is cut off by Davari who eliminates Vinny Massaro. Masquerita eliminates himself and Superfly with a move. Famous B's 15 seconds of fame come to a close when he is eliminated by Marty and Devari, who sent him over the ropes. And Famous B is hanging on; he's trying oh so hard, but the overwhelming power of Marty and Devari is too much for this jobber, and they send him packing. Afterwards, Devari and Marty say that they're going to double team Phoenix, and they try to team up against Phoenix, but it doesn't work, and Devari finds himself eliminated. And now the match has come down to Mario the Moth versus Phoenix. Now, prior to this match, Dario Cueto said that the winner, when it comes down to two people, has to be determined by pinfall or submission. So I was assuming we were going to get a little bit of a match here. And I guess in the most literal definition of a little bit of a match, we got that. Vampiro on commentary, who is extremely jovial considering he is facing Pentagon Jr. just next week and got gasoline poured all over him during the show just two weeks ago. I'm just saying here. Vampiro, he really likes the Butterfly Man. Mar the Moth, the Butterfly Man, he delivers a body slam that is so powerful that it sends Phoenix to the outside. Mar the Moth teases like he is going to go over the ropes and deliver a plancha to Phoenix, but doesn't do that. Phoenix gets back in the ring and delivers a big arm drag using the ropes. And that sends Marty the Moth to the outside, allowing Phoenix to go over the ropes and hit Marty the Moth with a flying maneuver. And then Phoenix gets Marty back into the ring and wins on a really, 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 really ugly-looking rana pinning combination. For those of you who think that I think that everything on this show looks good, and that is my generic comment, no, I think things are both good and bad. And this was not very good. How's about we run down the card real quick before we get into the final segment? So let's start at the top of the card and work our way back. You have Prince Puma versus Mil Muertes. Now we'll get into the final segment here, but I have felt since Mil Muertes came back that it is going to be... Mil Muertes taking the title from Prince Puma. There will probably be shenanigans. I'm sure Katrina will be involved. And I'm sure Prince Puma will look like a million dollars in losing this title. However, I think Mil Muertes takes the title. So, let's jump over to the gift of the God's Belt. Because I think Mil Muertes taking the title here means that this is a stone cold lock for Phoenix. Who has all this built in heat against Mil Muertes. Now, if you were just looking at the competitors in a vacuum, Aerostar, he could be a guy who could benefit from this. King Cuerno would be interesting, but King Cuerno versus Mil Muertes doesn't really seem to work. Aerostar versus Mil Muertes doesn't really seem to work. And frankly, if you look at all these seven guys, who's the built in feud for Prince Puma? I think that points even further to the fact that Mills picking up this belt here at Ultimo Lucha, and Phoenix is going to end up getting the gift from the gods, which will give him that chance to take another stab at Mil Muertes, who has been established as his nemesis. And you can have the entire season two, whenever that ends up getting taped, be centered around that rivalry. Vampiro versus Pentagon. Let's get into that one. I think Pentagon goes over. There's not a whole lot to say. Vampiro doesn't need to win. Pentagon definitely needs to win. And I think this is a great chance for Pentagon to get a signature victory over Vampiro. And I think Vampiro is going to go out of his way to make this guy look like a million bucks. Hernandez versus Drago. I think we all know who's winning this one. Obviously, Drago unless Hernandez wins by some sort of stupid shenanigans. But I think it was already established that Hernandez was burning bridges inside of the company and was not going to be asked to come back. So I think Drago wins that one. I feel like that one's a stone-cold lock. Ditto with Tejano versus Blue Demon Jr. Now, they could have some big angle in store for us in Season 2 with Blue Demon Jr. But Tejano needs this win. Blue Demon Jr. is Blue Demon Jr. He is who he is. The trio's title. This is one that I kind of go back and forth on. I'm going to say the Disciples of Death take it from Elise, Son of Havoc, and Angelico, but I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Son of Havoc, Angelico, and Evil East find a way to overcome the Disciples of Death and hang on. We have Johnny Mundo versus Alberto El Patron. While I've enjoyed Johnny Mundo's heel turn, I think that that heel turn isn't anything that's going to lead to Johnny Mundo winning the title anytime soon. He's not going to be going up against Mil Muertes with this character, so it wouldn't make sense for him to be in the mix for the Gift of the Gods title, and as such, I think Alberto El Patron, who has a much clearer line towards Mil Muertes, he is going to get this victory, so he can gain momentum going into season two. The Mac versus Cage. Now, Cage has lost twice to the Mac by fluky roll-ups going into this match, so Logic says that Cage finds a way to win this match, and I'm not going to disagree with Logic. I think Cage wins this match, and we get Cage back on track in Season 2. Maybe even move Cage over the face side of the roster so that he can face Mil Muerte. So you have a guy who's not a man, he's a machine, against a man who is dead. I could see some sort of angle being worked around that. Either way, I look at the top of the card, I think Mills coming away with this title, I think this should be a fun show, even if it is their last show. I think it'll be a good one. But if not, I think they've done a nice job with this card to set up the pieces for a very easy-to-book season two, and they're not going to necessarily need Ricochet, which, if you've been following some of the news out there right now, is probably a good thing to be planning on. Let's get to this final segment. Prince Puma comes to the ring, and he looks like he's about to speak when... No the Disciples of Death come out, and they're challenging for the tag titles like next episode or the week after that, and they attack Prince Puma, who proceeds to beat the shit out of all three, making me really reconsider who was winning between East, Son of Havoc, and Angelico versus the Disciples of Death. They, they looked like complete and total clowns. They looked like henchmen in this. They did not look like formidable threats. Mill makes his way to the ring, and Prince Puma and Mil Muertes start fighting. Puma's able to get the upper hand, and he ends up hitting a 630 on Mill, and stands tall over Mill. and Mill does not do his dime store undertaker routine. He does not sit up out of this 630. Prince Puma stands tall. Mil Muertes is down and out for more than a visual three count, and Katrina looks very upset at the top of the stairs. That's going to do it for another episode of Lucha of the Hidden Temple. My name is Chris Novembrino, and you can tweet me at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O. Let me know your Ultima Lucha predictions. I'd be interested to hear them. Also, we're coming up on this off-season, and I've been tossing around this idea of trying to book people for an interview show. Now, I've done an interview show in the past for News and Politics, And I will say that doing an interview show is rather daunting with the booking and the prep. So I'm only going to do this if there's actually a demand for this. But if there is a demand for this, I'd be happy to provide it and it's my pleasure to do so. But please hit me up on Twitter at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O and let me know that that's a thing that you would be into me doing and let me know who you would like to have on the show. As I said at the top of the show, but I'm going to plug it one more time here, over on Don't if you subscribe on iTunes, it's Don't Worry About the Government. We're also up on Stitcher. We will be talking about Hulk Hogan for an hour plus this week, I imagine, at least on Don't Worry About the Government. So check that out if that's a thing that you're into. Also, if you're into Donald Trump, we got your Donald Trump coverage. Oh, I got your Donald Trump coverage. Don't you worry about that. If you have any WWE shopping or Amazon shopping, why not do it through the VoicesOfWrestling.com website. Whenever you do, Voices of Wrestling gets a nice monetary kickback and you get no additional charge. It's an easy way to help out the website. An easy way to help out this show and the other great shows on the Voices of Wrestling Network is to leave a five-star review on iTunes and be sure to actually leave a written comment because iTunes weighs that more heavily than just a five-star review. And hey, if you wanted to put this guy over, I wouldn't complain. I want to thank you all so much for listening, sincerely. And until the next one, enjoy Ultima Lucha. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in COVA Insurance.